Welcome to the World Nomads podcast, delivered by World Nomads, the travel lifestyle and insurance brand. It's not your usual travel podcast. It's everything for the adventurous, independent traveler. Yeah, hi, and welcome to episode 15. It's fantastic. I love it. 15 already. I know. It's nothing compared to, say, 190. Yeah. But we'll get there. The long journey begins with the first small step, Kim. Oh, beautifully said. <laughs> so this is a special addition to our、uh, episodes. We're highlighting our film scholarship opportunities for 2018. So this is not so much a destination-focused episode, but it's focusing on our scholarship. Oh, no, and they're incredibly popular. The, the scholarships have been running for the past 12 years. And for the travel film, the mentor we've been using is Brian Rapsey. He's been working here for six years now. He's worked... worked for 20 years in TV, doco, corporate, educational film production, so well credentialed. He knows what he's talking about and we'll catch up with him in this episode to learn a little of how the scholarship works from his point of view. Yeah, and I know you're all、uh, very anxious to be able to get the best entry in that you can, so we're going to be speaking with one of the year's judges, the award-winning director, writer and co-producer, Jennifer Pedham. Yep, and you've got to get amongst her movies too.、Oh, they're fantastic. Look, we get about a thousand applications every year, and past winners have included Ishit Narain from India. His films, by the way, have since travelled to festivals all over the globe, and he's won lots and lots of accolades, including the USA's Student Emmys、wow. and the Indian National Film Awards. And look, and he's, he's now moved into Bollywood、uh, feature films, and the latest one that he's worked on has got some really rave reviews for the cinematography. So good on you. Look, once you're into Bollywood films, they're, they're prolific, aren't they? They are. He's, he's actually kind of Bollywood royalty, we found out after he won, and we went on the trip with him as well. His father's like a producer and director as wow. well. Wow. So he was destined. Yeah, destined.、Amazing. Well, Marantha or Mary Antha Hay, have I said that correctly? Well, she's from Australia. She's,、okay. a, she's a three-time Emmy Award-winning doco filmmaker. She's an editor and director, known for Stock Love. That was out in 2016. Skeleton Woman was、uh, last year. And Baby Blue in 2009. Uh, Andres Brenner from Argentina, and he currently produces vlogs and micro documentaries for us here at the, the World Nomads video team. Andres has travelled to five continents shooting short travel documentaries about cultures. And then there's our most recent winner. Jigar Ganacha. Yeah, he is a true global villager. He's travelled to five continents. He speaks six languages. He's、show、only、off. 20, by the way. Show <laughs> yeah, I know. He is a show off.、Um, but look, he's amazing. He has a passion for filmmaking, which Jigar says derives from his curiosity to uncover world issues. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm pretty, so my background is in like, world issues and political science. But that's what I'm studying in university, and I'm also studying communications. But I come from like, East Africa, Tanzania, that's where I'm born. And my background is from India. So I bring that perspective into it. You know, it's, it's like trying to represent my side of the world through this kind of degree. So that's where the curiosity comes from, actually. So, how did you have time to fit in a travel、uh, film scholarship with <laughs> all of your study? Well, actually, it came hand in hand. So, well, my intellectual interest started when I, was,、uh, in, when I was 16 years old. I was invited to the United Nations in Kenya to go and give a speech about deforestation. So, it was a youth conference. And I did really well in that speech. And everybody, you know, was really impressed with my delivery. So, since then, I was like, you know, I can mix my communication skills with my political science skills. And so, I had a friend here in school from, from Burundi.、Uh, he was a refugee and he was studying with me. And So, we became good, good pals here. 
And I was like, you know what? I want to become a filmmaker and I'm interested in what you're talking about. Let's put this together. And so it was just within within a school setting. I didn't go out of my way to pursue film. So luckily, I found the right people, the right place and the right environment. This podcast is specifically about the film scholarship. So it's about inspiring people uh, to, to enter. How did you come across the World Nomads film, uh, Travel Film Scholarship and what what made you enter? Uh, well, I, I spent quite a bit of time on uh, YouTube, on Instagram, looking for inspiration from other creators, because obviously I've not been to film school. My only way of, you know, getting exposed to film industry and film is through social media and through getting inspired by different accounts. And while I was on Instagram one time, I saw an ad from World Nomads and I and then the next I was like, you know what, this is perfect for me. I'm, it's a 12 day filmmaking trip to India. My parents live in India and I haven't seen them in over two years. So if I win this, I get to see them and I get to do the scholarship and take my film career seriously. And so I went to sleep. And then the next day I got a message from one of my friends and she sent me the link. She's like, dude, you should totally apply for this. And I'm like, yes, I should. And I give me more motivation. And so I did it. So well, tell us about your entry. What, what was the, the movie that got you the scholarship, the film that you made? Okay, well, so the task for the scholarship was to make a three-minute film about an inspiring traveler or an adventurer. So I went through my head to see who do I know, who, people who travel, because I travel quite a bit, so I know some other people. And it seemed like every... So I was thinking of my competitors as well. It seemed like they would do the same kind of story. So I wanted to flip the whole thing around and take it from another perspective. So not a typical traveler, you know, a wealthy person coming from a, you know... Uh, higher class or powerful background, but rather other travelers who have gone through adversity, who have, you know, gone through some more harder times, such as refugees. And so my film was about uh, Kiwi. His name, his nickname is Kiwi, but his real name is Nestor. Um, so his, it's about him going through, escaping Burundi after the civil war there, after the genocide, sneaking in through uh, to Tanzania without a passport and sneaking into four other countries without a passport and learning six languages on the way, sorry, seven languages on the way. And, you know, even with having no money, having no contacts, knowing nobody, how he made it through and all the way. And now he studies here in Canada. So it was a contrast from his story there and how he's integrating to life in a different world in Toronto and then New York University. And that it was a, a magnificent film. It was really engaging. And um, Kiwi, he seems like a really nice guy as well. He's a good bloke. Oh wow, he's is so modest and so amazing. Actually, I was I was I'm supposed to meet him and meeting meet him in a couple of days. He's now he he works really hard. So now he's he bought himself a car just last week and he's going to pick me up in a couple of days and we're just going to go out for some drinks and catch up. He's really modest and humble. And actually, the funny thing is, he didn't even want um, the story to be published. Like in the first place, he was uh, like when, when I approached him, I told him I want to make a film about you because I found you really inspiring. And he was like, no, straight away, because he was like, I've never shared this story to anyone and I've never spoken to camera before. So you can see like he's quite shy and he's quite, you know, he's quite humble when he's speaking. But, um, you know, I, I explained to him what this means to me, like if I win the scholarship, what it could, what kind of impact it could have on my life as a filmmaker. So he, he he came on board and he was really happy with the final film. Well, tell us about your experience on the scholarship working with Brian. So it was uh, 14 days that I was in India and 12 days on the scholarship. And every single day was like a whole 
month or two at, at film school, you can see an equivalent. Like in those 12 days, I learned so much because I'd never worked with anyone before. All I knew about filmmaking was from watching tutorials on YouTube and <laughs> seeing other creators. But actually being there with Brian, you know, him explaining every single thing and just watching how he does things, it was a lot of exchange going on, you know, from the morning till the time we go to sleep. We're focused on the story. We're focused on interviewing and everything else. It was more more than a phys- physical and uh, uh, what do you call it, a, an intellectual or uh, apprenticeship kind of exchange. But it was more on a deeper level. And I learned so much just by being there in that setting, being in that mindset. And, you know, because when, when I was in the World Nomad Scholarship, it was like 12 days out of my normal routine, just focusing on what I'm passionate about. So when you give something that you're passionate about that much focused attention, I think that you can really get far. So that was what it was like for me. I really got far with with Brian, with Emily and everybody there with the crew. Well, that's the thing you're talking about being on a deeper level. I mean, people think that, uh, you know, making films is about the camera settings and what have you, but it's not. There's more to it than that. It's, It's how you do the storytelling. Precisely, precisely. And that's what I learned, not just on the 12 day scholarship, but even after, because I've been in touch with, uh, you know, Brian and the video filmmaking department and World Nomads. We've been exchanging feedback up and down and refining the story. So originally, when we made the Kerala story, which was the scholarship film, it was 16 minutes. And for me, I was like, that was as short as I could get. But then they told me, okay, you know, we need to refine the story, we need to work on it. And, you know, it's, it's, exactly what you said it's more than more to it than the camera settings that's just secondary or not it's the less important thing it's more about the people the characters the 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 order of things and how information is conveyed for the viewer to feel like they're part of that that place that we were at and you know to feel engaged how do you feel now about your prospects for making this passion of yours into your profession has it helped you along that Oh, most definitely. It was like a blessing for me, to be honest. So, for, so let me tell you a little bit about the time that I found out that I won the scholarship. Yeah, go on. So at that time, the Amazon rainforest in Peru, and it was my first documentary filming there. So I just got all my camera gear after the summer, you know, after cycling and being a bike courier, I was able to afford all my gear, go to the Amazon rainforest. And I was a total beginner. You know, I was just there filming interviews and doing all that. And I learned a lot through that experience. And then I got a call from World Nomad saying that I'd won. I went to India after that, and, and just from all that experience, now editing my Amazon uh, uh, Amazon Rainforest film has been so much easier, so much quicker, and I've also been approached by my university to make films for them, um, you know, for commercial shoots as well as other uh, focused uh, themed uh, videos. And, uh, yeah, I feel really confident, uh, to be honest, Phil. And are you keen to maintain that initial idea of giving a voice to minorities in your filmmaking? That's uh, that's like the centrepiece of my filmmaking because I find that, you know, there's the, like everyone I'm looking at on, uh, on social media and people that I'm inspired by, it's very beautiful. You know, they're doing great cinematography and great, uh, uh, you know, great videos. But I feel that something that's lacking is, is a voice that is not mainstream, a voice that is um, foreign. And that, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to connect bridges and connect hearts between places. What would you say to anyone listening that is thinking about applying for the film scholarship? Just do it. Like, you know, I have to quote Nike, you know, just do it. Like, no matter if you think you don't have enough gear, you don't have the right story, you don't have, you know, you, you'll get a lot of doubts. And just like I did, 
and I got a lot of doubts while making this film. And it was it was difficult to to you know to get the confidence and to get the courage to go and pick up the camera and start shooting. I had no idea what I was doing, but it's all about trial and error, trial and improvement. And if you don't try, you will not know what you can improve on. Best of luck with your future. I'm sure you are going to go very far. And your and your movies, your films, you make are really inspiring, Jigarik. Well, c- congratulations. Thank you. Thank you, all nomads. Congratulations, Jigar. It was our scholarship mentor, Brian Rapsey, who took Jigar to India to film. That's right. Yes, we uh, went to India to uh, the wonderful region of Kerala. And, um, you know, with these scholarship films, this one was quite an ambitious film for uh, a scholarship winner to take on. And I just do all the final touches like uh, uh, the colour grading and the sand mixing so that, you know, they're very sophisticated uh, skills to have and, it, and it's a bit much to ask some people to to put the to, to put the final sweetening on it and that's what I'm doing. But the, uh, main, hopefully. But the main edit is, it's Jigar's edit, right? It's his version. Yeah, absolutely. It's his edit um, and when I do a version of the grade of the sand mix, I send it to him and he sends me his notes. So, you know, if he doesn't like what I've done or, you know, he wants uh, some more sand effects in a particular place, I've got a good sand effects library. Uh, I've been putting in, you know, sort of some atmosphere tracks of uh, birds or a crackling of a fire or something like that. Um, and it's just those final fishing touches that that really give the, the film a bit of a sparkle. But, yeah, it's his film. Um, and... I just mentor him. But do any of the um, people that you've mentored ever write back to you and say, I don't like the sweetening that you've done on it? <laughs> because I know you're a nice guy, Brian. We've met. I like when you live near Sydney as well. I think you were going but, to say, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love you, Brian. Does anybody ever go, you don't know what you're talking about? No, 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 <laughs> I didn't think they would. But I think by the time that we get yeah. to this stage, we've had a, a really good open relationship in the sense of, you know, we listen to each other. And, um, you know, I think particularly with Jigar, you know, he started off um, really early on. Um, with some edits that he thought were were pretty good and um you know like two months later after sort of the whole entire process that we've gone through he's kind of sort of sees sees that material in a completely different and new way and and uh you know and and also I understand what he's trying to achieve through because we have extensive dialogue. Um, you know, he, he just uh, uh, runs ideas past me and I try them out. Sometimes I do a little bit of re-editing on his film just to sort of show him how things certain things can be achieved. What happens once the film is is delivered? Do you continue to mentor the travel scholarship winners, the film winners? Well, interesting you ask that because I do. And sometimes um, they mentor me a little bit. Like um, there's a, a few of them, particularly Andy Brenner, the scholarship winner who went to New Orleans with me. Yeah. Um, you know, and he, and he's now um, making commission films uh, often for World Nomads, and he'll send me an edit, and I'll I'll give him some feedback. But um, you know, more often often than that, I'm I'm looking at his films thinking wow, you're doing pretty good. I'm getting some ideas from you now. (laughs) There are many different ways of making a travel film, but I take it with your background and the way that World Nomads operates as well. What we care about is storytelling. To you, is that the heart of a great travel film? Well, absolutely. Um, I mean, story is everything. And when I'm mentoring um, these scholarship winners, um, we talk a lot about story, but also... You know, at the heart of the story is 
essentially what the story is about. It's the the premise or the underlying sort of question or theme that you're exploring. And so for for me, when I'm working with these people, that's where our discussions start and we kind of come up with a working theory about, you know, what's at the heart of the story and how do we build a story around that to make the most of um, – uh, most of the um, place that we're traveling to and the people that we're going to meet. And that's one of the things um, Jigar chatted about too, giving a voice to minorities within his storytelling. I don't tend to think about these people having, you know, necessarily being minorities, but we do go to out-of-the-way places. And um, I think one of the features of the storytelling that we're trying to do is on one hand, we might want to take an outsider's perspective to see the world through the the traveler's perspective. But with the films that we've been doing on the scholarship, we're being trying to as much or more to represent the insider's perspective of the people who live there and see the world outwardly through their eyes. And so sometimes if we can, we can sort of get a nice little balance between inside, outside, traveler, um, local perspective, uh, and really hopefully create a, a lot of interest of that and, and a lot of understanding of the people in the place that we go to by counterpointing the two. Well, well, that brings me to a point. I mean, there are many different types of films. Some of the most popular travel films that we will see around the place are um, very pretty and they use lots of uh, filmmaking tricks and techniques. I'm thinking of the work of Sam Calder, and I know you've seen his work as well. It's immensely popular and it's, you know, quite captivating to watch, but do you think that that is a travel film? Mm, For me, no. And just because... Look, I've only been exposed to Sam Kohler recently and I've watched a couple of his films and I think of them, the ones that I have seen, I think of kind of um, a brand, you know, like they're creating a, yeah, a brand doesn't, for himself. He does himself. a lot of, brand, a lot of native uh, brand, advertise, it, uh, brand content, yeah. Yeah. And, and there are travel films in the sense that, you know, he's going places. But it's entirely, you know, from from the few that I've seen, we're not really seeing... We're only seeing the 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 world or the travel world from like a sort of a I call it travel wallpaper really sort of shots of beautiful incredible places that you want to go and when I watch those films I'm 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 often looking at them thinking wow they're great drone shots or look at the technique yeah. um, and stuff like that often when we're making films for world nomads we're we're not we're trying not to draw attention to technique because it because we want people to see through the frame and and through the technique and feel like they're in a place or feel like they're genuinely engaging with uh with uh, the people and the story that is there rather than sort of continually sort of drawing attention to like a, an amazing transition or 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 um a really carefully composed drone shot that just sort of speaks look at me and look at my technique um, and that could, that happens physically too with Sam because he's into skateboarding, cliff jumping, and the oh, one that Filder dislikes. If I see another millennial doing a black a backflip off a cliff into the water. I am going to throw up. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Drives me up the wall. 
Back, yeah. Back. Well, that said, you know, Jigar emailed me last week and he said, well, you're finishing off the grade on the film. Hey, I really like the color palette that Sam Calder uses in his films and oh. he sent me links to them, uh, you know, so I can try to emulate the, the sort of the the teal orange sort of cast that uh, Sam has in his films. So. But what did you say? What did you say to Jigar about that? I just said I'll I'll have a go, you know, like, but uh, but also to see if it's appropriate for the sort of story that we're yeah. doing, you know, because the story should speak to every quality of your film, really, you know, in terms of the color grading and the sound design and stuff like that. People are right now contemplating entering the new travel film scholarship. So, have you got you know some pearls of wisdom you'd like to give to people for the entries that they put in? Oh, I find this really hard to, to give <laughs> I'll people. Put you on the spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Thing is, though, if people are looking for some guidance, I think also coinciding with the release of this, I hope so. Said he, crossing his fingers. Your um, little series on filmmaking that we've done for the create section that's also being launched, right, Brian? Yeah, that's right. So we've made a series of five videos of you know my practical advice uh, for, for filmmaking covering a whole range of areas. And this is why I find it hard to answer this particular question, you know, what advice you have, because I've... In 10 seconds uh, when uh, you've got a five series, <laughs> five well, video series, in, yeah. the, in, in the best advice that I can give people is actually make sure that it's as long as it's supposed to be and that um, when they put that filmmaking challenge to you, that you listen to that carefully and you make something that, um, um, that speaks to that when we watch all the scholarship films we're not um we're not bamboozled by really you know the great technical films that feel incredibly polished or whatever we're 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 taken by the films that kind of grab you by the scruff of the neck and take you on like a that transport you on a journey over the three minutes that you have well thank you so much for your support and for having a chat with us this is my first podcast ever oh we love it when we crack virgins (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say that brian cheers thank you thanks mate Uh, it's been a pleasure great talking with you Well, Phil, we've spoken to a previous winner. We've spoken to our mentor, Brian. Now for the 2018 uh, Film Scholarship, we have to speak to one of the current judges, and she's an award-winning director, writer and co-producer. It's Jennifer Peedham, and you are a big fan of Jen's. One of her films was on uh, Australian TV just recently. I hadn't seen it before, the film Sherpa. You have also directed for the Discovery Channel, Everest, Be On The Limit, so we couldn't have picked a better judge. Thank you. Oh, it's a pleasure. I'm really excited to see the films. Now, not only have you featured on Australian TV, but you've also featured on, and we mentioned the Discovery Channel, National Geographic, ABC in Australia, SBS in Australia, the BBC, France 5, and is it ITVS? Yeah, ITVS in, in the United States. Yeah, that's for my television work. But most of my work these days is in cinemas, so I have a film called Mountain that just um, finished in Australian cinemas. It's currently in, in the UK and the US, about to launch in the US. Um, so that's a, fe- a feature documentary that explores the nature of our fascination with mountains. How hard is it being a filmmaker? I, I remind myself on a daily basis how lucky I am, but it can be also like anything really. It can be exceedingly difficult. You know, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of hard work to get those moments of joy. Um, and so you have to remind yourself occasionally to enjoy the process. But, um, you know, it's an, it's an amazing job and I, I feel very lucky to 
have stumbled into this line of work and and hope I can stay in it for a very long time. Just tell us a little bit about Sherpa because you were there on Everest in 2014 for people who haven't seen the the movie. Yeah, it's on SBS On Demand actually at the moment. Um, I think it's also on iTunes. But it's, um, yeah, given all of the years of, of working as a, high altitude director and camera operator in the in the Himalayas when I was younger I don't do that kind of thing anymore um but I'd I'd always been fascinated by the dynamics between the the Sherpas who were a Buddhist local community um whose name has become so famous that it's kind of been commandeered as a job description but in fact it's the name of a caste of ethnic Tibetans who migrated across the mountains to Tibet and I was always fascinated with the dynamics between them and the foreign climbers that come to effectively conquer this mountain that is a very sacred mountain for them. And um, that idea interested me from the start. And I, I very early on in my career, I made a film for Dateline about the Sherpas. Um, and then 10 years later, this was a sort of a follow-up to that film um, on a grand scale. So it was a much bigger budget. It was... Um, a number of cinema, you know, really world-class cinematographers. And the idea was that we would follow the an Everest expedition from the Sherpa's point of view um, and, and see how that turned out. But as it happened, we were filming, you know, the, the year before there'd been a big fight on Everest between Sherpas and foreign climbers um, about disrespecting the mountain. And um, I think there was a lot of ego and testosterone involved as well, but... We knew that tension was really building um, and that this the kind of chasm between the haves and the have-nots was, you know, creating a lot of tension. And so we went to kind of really understand what was behind that and um, it just so happened that we were filming when the worst disaster in the history of Everest um, happened, an avalanche came down the mountain and, and killed 16 Sherpas who were working to set up ropes um, and establish camps for the foreign climbers in what's called the Kumbu Icefall. And so it was a tragedy on a, on a massive scale and it, and it threw up, you know, in all of that grief, um, it threw up a lot of anger. Um, and so it was, it was a very difficult experience and very, very sad experience, but it was also um, in some ways very profound as a filmmaker to be there at that particular point in history and to witness those events when we were there to examine those tensions in the first place. So so that's what the film um, is about, I guess. But that must have been very personally challenging for you as well, though. Yeah, tremendously personally challenging, yeah. You, you know, at the time that you're there, you just have to kind of remember that it's not about you and you just have to keep going I mean there's moments as a filmmaker where you don't keep going and there's other moments where you do and you have to sort of draw that ethical line yourself um in this particular instance there were moments where we didn't continue filming and then there were moments where we did so it was just about choosing the right moments I had an amazing Sherpa team two cinematographers as well as a Sherpa translator and a couple of assistants that were on our team cinematographers and our whole film crew so I was able to rely on them very closely um, to guide me in terms of what was right and not right in, in the particular instances. And in the end, the Sherpa community knew exactly who we were and I'd worked with them a number of, you know, some of them had known me 10 years. And so we, we did really get incredible access. But, you know, you kind of hold it together and, and then allow yourself to fall apart when you get home and, you know, 
everything's safe again. But you have an enormous responsibility to the crew and and other people who are perhaps less experienced in those environments. And for some of them, it was it was um, very emotionally challenging as well as physically challenging. And um, yeah, it was it was definitely right up there with one of the tough experiences in my life. I have to say. I'll come back in a minute. You mentioned you've been that you know you've known some of these Sherpas for 10 years. I'd like to come back and talk about your experiences of going to the uh, Himalayas so many times. But just something you said there as well, we, we've been having a discussion during this program about what it, what a travel film is. What it, is it storytelling or is it beautiful pictures or is it... Backflips. <laughs> as I've been railing against, backflips off cliffs into water. Um, you know, obviously you're right there in the heart of the storytelling camp i am yeah i mean i think i think that's what i try to bring to my films is 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 story more than just pretty pictures like it all all those things together make a good film but ultimately i think if you want to move people um and transport people you need to um see transformation in story you need to see characters put under pressure and and come out changed from the experience and and really that they are the fundamental tenets of storytelling and um i'm always looking for that in in the kinds of projects that i take on okay so that's a good segue into what you'll be looking for with the scholarship um applicants what else will you have an eye out for um i think you know, you really get a sense of a person when you watch a film. Um, and, you know, so I'll be looking for point of view um, and character, um, stakes, you know, what are the stakes? Um, and and in the end it comes down to whether a film moves me, I, I guess. Um, you know, they can and, – and by that it can mean many things. Did it move me in a, in a sense? Was it entertaining? Was it moving? Did it make me cry? Um, was I transported to that world in a particular point of view? You know, did the filmmaker allow the true sense of the characters um, and their world come through in the storytelling? Things like that. Can I just get back to what I was mentioning before? You say you've been going to the Himalayas and to Everest – many, many years now. What is it that draws you back there? Oh, it's a good question. I mean, for me, I remember the first time I landed in um, the, what they call the Lukla airstrip, which is the gateway to the Everest in the Himalayas in Nepal, and I just had a very strong sensation that I was I belonged there. I felt really at home from, from the minute that I landed, and that first time was probably back in 2003, and I can't count the number of times I've been back since, and I'm no longer climbing and camera operating because I have two young children, but I, I went back with them last year and visited, um, in fact, the main character of um, Sherpa, a, a wonderful um, friend of mine called Purbatashi Sherpa, and I took my kids to his village to meet his family. He just had a new baby and, and just to spend some time in that part of the world with them not climbing and just and trekking and, and just being there, and that was probably um, my most magical holiday ever actually just being in that place that I love so much with my family and um I think there's something about mountains that makes you feel humble and it makes you feel small and I, I quite like that feeling. <laughs> well Jen thanks so much for chatting to us and just um in the interests of explaining to the audience there were a couple of noises there when we were chatting was someone making you a cappuccino? 
Uh, yeah, the kettle was being boiled, so that, <laughs> <laughs> I apologise for that. No, 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 no. Right. it's, it's live. Knows. Mountain climbers and trekkers love a good cup of tea. <laughs> we love a good cup of tea. Cheers, Jen. Thank you very much. Okay, thanks for the chat. Okay, now to apply. Make a three-minute documentary. Our challenge to you is to go out and interview an amazing adventurer or an inspiring traveller and bring to life their compelling travel story around one of the following themes. And we've learnt from Brian that you've you've got to stick to the time frame yep. and stick to the themes. Courage, kindness and acceptance. By the way, the winner will receive some awesome prizes too from Langley, who designed camera bags and accessories for travelling photographers and filmmakers, and Rode, I love Rode, yes, who specialise in the latest sound technologies. So they make awesome microphones like from big studio quality ones down to ones that you can fit on your iPhone. They're fantastic. So yep. all your future films that you capture will have the best audio too. Well, Phil, I was going to call you Philby then. Has anyone yeah. called you Philby? Yeah, that's my nickname. Is it? Yeah, it is. I've tapped into when it. When I, I, I shared a house with a group of people when I was younger and moved in and, what's your name? And I said, it's Phil. He's got that's my brother's name. We've got to call you something else. So you're Phil B. Oh, so Philby. Philby. All right. Well, Philby, that wraps up our episode <laughs> highlighting the World Nomads Travel Film Scholarship. Please subscribe to the podcast. You can rate, share on iTunes. That's kind of important to us. Google Play, Stitcher. Find us on Spotify and iHeartRadio. And contact us by emailing podcast at worldnomads.com. Next, what's our featured destination? We're going to the Philippines. Excellent. Get filming, guys. Bye. Ciao. The World Nomads Podcast. Explore your boundaries.